0: Hello, you're about to learn how to stand out without standing on your head, which is quite the feat. Hello, my name is Dennis Gable. I am adversely known as the brand producer as well, uh, which is a title that I gave to myself because I like it. So uh, brand producer essentially came out of the idea of music and production and what it means to create something that is artistic and passionate and has um, a relative value to it outside of just it existing. Um, and what I mean by that is not all music is loved by all people right so everybody has their favorite genres and their favorite styles and we do the same things in business when we create uh, a brand a company a product whatever it may be whether that's nonprofit for profit um, we all have a relative value to the people that we serve and so what I like to do one of my my specialties as being the brand producer is I come in and just tweak things little bits here and there and that that's really my, my specialty and my expertise is to be able to listen really, really well, uh, see where you may be just kind of going down the same train as somebody else in your industry or, or an industry standard, and then make suggestions and recommendations that are a little bit outside of the box and can bring a level of creativity and difference to what you do versus what other people do. Um, you'll know this if you listen to the radio, a lot of music on the radio sounds the same. And then you find other artists that are in the same genre, but really far outside of the box in terms of their uh, chord structure or the progression of the songs or whatever. So I took this idea because I love music very much. And I created a company based on this, this concept and premise, and it's how I run everything. So all of this is ran through a filter of psychology rather than just art and design. Uh, I did go to a graphic design school or a commercial design school in Nashville, Tennessee, where I learned some of the trade of being a designer. But my my past and my history is in uh, both spiritual and personal leadership, as well as really fun outlets like bartending for a very long time where you get to know all of the things about all of the people. Uh, And so I've taken my many years of observing people and formed it into a place where we look at brands and identities as humans. So your brand, your service, your product is as much human as you are. It has a, you have breathed life into it. It has soul. It has purpose. You want it to connect with other people. And in order to do that, It has to find a relatability to the people that you want it to serve. And so this class really is a, it's kind of an intro for me for people who are seeking out how to understand what their brand identity really is and how to formulate that and convey that to the ideal person that they would like to meet. Um, So how to stand out without standing on your head is really easy to break down. The title's really long, the title's like a 2004 emo song, which I love personally, but this is the way to stand out without standing on your head. Own and be completely responsible for your uniqueness. Gimmicks are great. When, when somebody runs a gimmick, they're doing it for one of two reasons. To be totally uh, um, polarizing, so a gimmick is to be either polarizing, so they're doing something way outside the box, way outside their industry that they probably can't sustain for long periods of time, or gimmicks are typically used for quick money grabs. I'm not a huge fan of either. If you need to grab some quick money and run a gimmick, do it, it'll work. Uh, but then it, it, you'll have to find yourself in something that it has longevity, something that has long-term purpose, and something that you can feel really great about both personally, emotionally, and the work that it takes, you don't feel like you're taking away from yourself to put in that work. Um, a, A really great example of this are stage performers or people at Disney World, right, that have to dress up as this character and they don't get to be themselves. So every day they have to wake up and they have to put on the costume and put on the makeup and they have to assume the position and the tone and the authority of this character that they're playing as opposed to being able to play themselves now some people love to act i'm not picking on actors in general but it's it's simply an example to say the best version of you is the most unique version of you and the reason that uniqueness is so special is because there's not another human that thinks like you sings like you speaks like you has the experiences you have and can formulate those experiences into songs, companies, poems, books, paintings, whatever it is that you translate out of your soul through your unique set of experiences. So when we're thinking about a company or a brand specifically that you are going to to dive into, um, it is very, very important that you understand A, who you're serving, B, why you're serving them. And then the last question is what you're going to do to serve them. And that may seem a little bit out of order. Typically, I think we would say, well, I want to create this product and I'm going to sell it online and I'm going to sell it to these people. But I like to reverse that because who we're serving makes it already more emotional and passionate than it would have been before. If it's about the product or service in and of itself, then it's singular. And then we're trying to find people to attach that to, as opposed to looking at maybe a a group of people in general. In this case, my group of people are business owners. And so I create content and I've created processes and systems and uh, consulting practice and all of these things to meet business owners where they are in a way that I best serve them. A business owner that's a really great fit for me is somebody that goes, I've got, just don't know how to take it to the next level that's my favorite because then I get to reverse engineer the things that got you to your success and we get to create a new strategy and a new process that propels that success that you've already built to the next level. So when I started Brand Producer, I saw a lot of uh, people in their respective industries that just followed the jargon. I'm an insurance person and I do insurance or I'm a realtor and I sell real estate or I make candles because candles smell delicious and all of those are the features of the thing. Features versus benefits is something that I would like you to take a note of. The feature is just simply what it is. My feature is brand consulting, brand development, uh, creating systems around marketing campaigns. Those are my features. But they don't tell you anything about the benefit of working with me specifically. And there are a lot of people in the world of marketing that do what I do. What I do is not necessarily unique insofar as the features of what I do. But the benefit of working with somebody like me in my field is that I'm very aggressive about pursuing new ideas. I'm willing to risk and lose. And I will, without a question, tell you that I think your idea sucks. <laughs> if in fact it's an idea that is um, mediocre at best, and that's not an that's not an attack I have on my clients. My the people who work with me build great trust with me, uh, and so I get to have the opportunity to share those things with them. So I would say for you, your feature may be blank. Um, could be retail, could be a service, could be an online store. Whatever that feature is, um, make sure you jot it down. My feature is blank. But what is the real benefit of your product, your service, and working specifically with you? The only way to be able to answer and identify this question is to draw back to the layers of your uniqueness. How did you get to where you wanted to be? What made you passionate about this group of people that you serve or this product that you developed? Where has your story evolved from that you've been able to go from maybe employee to entrepreneur or you've taken these different steps? Maybe you've hired uh, coaches and masterminds and you've, you've uh, invested a lot of time and money to get you to this place. Like, What are the real reasons that you've taken the steps that you needed to take to get to where you are today? The third layer of this is what do you do differently? than anybody else on the planet? This is a really hard question for people to answer. And it's a really hard question for people to answer because we all eat and sleep and use the bathroom and we all like to laugh and we all like to be generally happy. But what do you do? What is it about you that's different than any other person on the planet? What do you bring that nobody else can bring? The answer is really simple. You show up. You exist. You smile the way that you need to smile. You laugh the way that you laugh. You listen the way that you listen. You speak the way that you speak. And then just by showing up as yourself, you have already intrinsically added value that nobody else can bring to the table. Where we go desperately wrong is when we want so badly to emulate other brands or services or products that we start to sound like them and look like them. And this is something that we do as humans, not even related to business. We emulate people because we think that what they have is better than what we have. Or we think that where they are is where we want to be. There's a real truth. There's a ladder from, the, from birth until the end of our life. And there's always somebody that you're looking up to. And there's always, always somebody looking up to you. You may have goals and you may be looking at people in your industry going, man, if only I could get there, if only I could get to that next peg. And I promise you that there are people already looking at where you are, where, wishing that they could be where you are currently. So take a second, find some gratitude in that, that you've built something that somebody else wishes they could have and allow yourself to be encompassed by that feeling, not the feeling of getting to where somebody else is, because we need some of those motivators to keep us passionate, hungry, competitive, whatever it is, but it's not even about getting to the next level, in my opinion, and how I present some of this information. It's about um, really exploring and opening up who it is that we are to find deeper meaning within ourselves that can propel us further based on our passion point for why we do what we do. With that said, we're gonna go into slide one, And I cuss. If you don't, that's okay. I don't even know if I'm allowed to. I didn't ask permission, but here we are. So uh, repeat after me. I'm the only me this world will ever see. Every day, I will strive to look past my insecurities and focus on my badass, unique self. The only person worth competing with and comparing myself to is me. My name is Dennis Gable, and I'm a fucking force of authority, kindness, and integrity. Sorry if I wasn't supposed to cuss, but I did. Uh, I'll ask for forgiveness later. Um, I want you. I want you to have this. The reason that this is in here is because I personally believe in my own journey and my my process as an entrepreneur and as a man has told me that if I don't consistently affirm my things, not uh, affirm myself of things that are true, not things that I hope to be true necessarily, not things that are true for somebody else, but things that are absolutely true about me. It helps me to be grounded in that fire and that passion that drives me to move forward. So it's statements like this that I use personally to keep myself motivated in my uniqueness. And I try very, very hard to not watch other marketers and other people in my space and go, God, they look like they have a lot of clients. What are they doing that I should do? I'm extremely selective about the clients that I take because when I invest into a client, I'm investing my soul into their soul and it is is quite the transaction. And so if I don't get along with personally or we don't have things in common or we don't have uh, similar uh, aggression towards the goal, it probably isn't going to work. So for me, this keeps me grounded in, in remembering that The only person I need to compete with day in and day out is myself. And that is enough competition (laughs) for me, I assure you. There's certain ways to understand your uniqueness. Uniqueness is, uh, it's an interesting idea, especially related to brand and especially related to how we would market to people in the industry and in the the sphere that we want to market to. But I do desperately believe in my own uniqueness I'm a weird dude. I like a variety of things. I listen to mostly hip hop music, like by mostly, I mean, 97% and that catches some people off guard. Uh, The other 3% is like metal. (laughs) So that's about all I got with music. Um, I love an array of art um, via painting sculptures. I'm, I'm enamored by certain people's ability to create. I would laugh over any other emotion. I love to have fun. Fun is my key differentiator. If I'm having fun, I can do anything, which means that for me, I've learned certain things that uh, I need a routine, but it can't be routine. Uh, What I mean is I can't get up at six o'clock every day to go to the gym. I can wake up somewhere between six and seven and make it to the gym. That makes sense to me. Um, But these are things that I've had to learn about myself by exploring who I am what's on the in the deck here is two different personality typing systems one is called the enneagram and one is called human design they are similar and different i would say human design has the ability to go a little bit deeper into your key and core makeup of a human um, both of these use um actually the enneagram is a test typically so i have a link here uh, to go take that test if you're curious about What your Enneagram is, you can search, what are Enneagram types? And it will tell you, there's really great books and resources that are great to read too. Um, And it's just based off of answers to questions. When you're answering these questions, answer with your flinch response, not your cognitive response. That would be my recommendation. Human design is based off of what's called your birth chart uh, or your natal chart. So what it uses is the daytime and place you were born. a lot of people don't know the time they were born, so I don't really know how to answer that question for you if you don't. But if you know the day, time, and place that you were born, uh, that's all you need to explore something like human design. And what these tools are great for is uh, I am uh, ADHD, creative. I've, always, I've never really liked to tinker with things mechanically. Um, I've always been sort of artsy and emotional, and I can pivot at the drop of a hat. I can move. I'm, I'm very um, vagabond-like. I can pack up and move quickly. I can change jobs quickly. I can, I've can i always been that way. And growing up, I was told that I just was immature and I needed to grow up and I needed to, to learn how to be a more responsible man. And blah, 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 blah. And the truth is that some of these things are just key to who I am. And it's not until you understand some of these key pieces that you are able to remove the judgment from them and live in them with a certain fullness. That fullness has brought me life and it's brought me freedom and I continue to evolve in it every day. So, these are just two tools. There are plenty of personality typing systems that are available. These are just two that I really enjoy because you can access them um, in different ways. So, this is what I want you to now go through. Is a little bit about me. My, your name, what you are passionate about, what your greatest advantage is, and what your current disadvantage is—these are not necessarily about your product or service. My name is Dennis Gable. I am extremely passionate about understanding the human experience related to the sale and purchase of products and services, which is why I do what I do. It it is fascinating to me that that we operate the way we do, we purchase the way we do, et cetera. Um, additionally, I am extremely passionate about men's mental health specifically. That's because of my own my own skin box that I have is that I, I relate to certain things um, and I'm very passionate about, about that particular topic. My greatest advantage is willingness. I'm not always right. I'm certainly willing to take a risk And at the end of the day, I will live and die by the risks that I'm willing to take. And it hasn't always been that way for me. I think this is really a current great advantage that I have because I've had to evolve to this place. But I would say that one of my greatest advantages is being willing to take a risk. We can leave it at that. Current disadvantage. My current disadvantage is that I have not been as diligent to create systems as I've needed to, to support the growth of my business. It's a current disadvantage. Could be completely irrelevant to the growth and the success of my my company, but it's a current disadvantage, both personally and in, in business. So as just an example, I answered these in both ways. I answered them personally, and I answered them in relation to my business. I'll get to why I've created this system uh, in a little bit. Now, your favorite font style. There are many, many different fonts. There are tens of gajillions of fonts on the planet um, or on our computers, which are on the planet. So I guess that works. Um, My favorite is a sans serif, which means it doesn't have the, the little things hanging off of it. It's just my personal favorite. I would encourage you to grab an iPad or print this out and legitimately circle the one that you that you like the most just based on its general presentation and appearance what is your favorite shape do you like stars do you like triangles do you like hexagons do you like circles do you like oblong circles do you like rectangles or perfect squares what what type of shapes really speak to you for me I would say circles speak to me or like a hexagon type shape, I really enjoy those, but uh, probably more so than anything now, I would say the circle is the shape that that, um, that I enjoy the most at this point in my life. Now we're gonna look at color. What's your favorite color? Mine is pink. Well, at least one of them is pink. I wear a lot of black, but I love the color hot pink. And I love it because it's it's vibrant and it's lively. And it's a little bit polarizing when people see me carrying a hot pink wallet. I kind of like it that people don't understand why I would carry a hot pink wallet. Um, And so, real quick, we've gone through your name, what you're passionate about, what your greatest advantage is, and what your greatest disadvantage is, and personal preference about fonts and shapes and colors. Now, we're going to think through this in terms of a brand I just gave you the formula to create a brand or to rebrand your business if that's something that you've been looking to do. Hiring an expert is really, really wise in a lot of ways, but sometimes you can get really close on your own just having the right tools. And so what I would ask you to do is reframe this and use the name as your business name. I'm passionate about is the thing that sets you apart with your product or service your current advantage, so what you see in the marketplace is a, an open parking space or a thing that you do just differently or better than other people in your space. And then a current disadvantage. What is maybe your competition doing that you're not doing? Where do you see um, that you're just not adding up to, to your own expectations? And then if we're building a brand or, or rebranding out of this, what font style do you like? All font styles are acceptable. There, there's variance within certain demographics and who you would like to sell to and and that sort of thing. But all font styles are acceptable. What I I would start with is the one that you enjoy the most and and let that be the foundation. Then shape. What kind of shapes do you like? And do we implement these shapes into a logo or do we just put the name of your company inside of your favorite shape, be it a triangle or a square or a a circle? Or are, are they elements that create something a little more intricate. So there's three fa- three ways that we can use shapes. And then color. Look, when it comes to brand color, yes, I've studied color theory. I understand color theory. I, I even love color theory. But at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is that you really love what you're offering people. So pick your favorite color. <laughs> you don't have to overthink all of the details of a brand or a rebrand, whether it's for your company or a product or just a singular service, just make it look nice. And, and that's where hiring a professional really can come into place. Cause I've studied and, and been educated on things like spacing and things like how to bring shapes together and colors together and fonts together. I understand from a psychological level why you would make certain decisions. If you don't have that training, Hiring a professional may be the right idea. If you do have that training, then just take this framework and create something really fun. So this is the extended version of what we just created. What what we created was essentially um, a business proposition. What you're passionate about, what you're really great at, and what you need help in. That's a proposition for, for a business and how to think through it. This is version two. This is your value proposition statement. I would say this is it's a way that you could find a brand name. It's a way that you could really refine who it is that you are as a company. And there's a worksheet here. So it would be writing a personal statement, few sentences, and then you would remove five words, change four words, add three words and then say it in two. The say it in two just is kind of a fun, poetic way to end it. You really can create uh, an entire phrase out of it as a value proposition. But this exercise is something that you can replicate over and over and over to continue to find deeper, more refined meaning for your product or service or your company name. This is what the worksheet looks like. So again, I've included all of this so that you can print it out and just have direct access to it. or you, I believe you can open it in PDF and edit it in there, like in Acrobat, I'm pretty sure. This is a little bit about them. Them being who you want to serve. Remember, I, I my three-point system earlier was leading with who. Who do I want to serve? That creates the point of passion. Who? Why? Who needs me? I think that's such a great question to ask as an entrepreneur. And so this is going to be a little bit about them. This is a client archetype identifier. You can do one of these, you could do 500 of these. This is not, uh, the purpose in creating or doing a worksheet like this is not to exclude people who may purchase your service or product, but it is to zero in on the type of person that would be the ideal human to purchase your service or product, which is very, very valuable when you get into marketing campaigns and systems and, and messaging and all of those things. So understanding really, truly who you want to offer your product and services to has so much value. This is a blank sheet. This is what it would look like totally worked out. Um, And again, from here, this is the example blank. And this is what it could look like filled out. Um, And these are the, the most important part about this is to be really honest. Um, I think we, well, i not think. I know that we live in a culture where we're sometimes a little bit cautious to identify things, um, understand that this is about your business and who you want to capture as an ideal client. So you have to be honest with this. That doesn't mean you have to share it with people, but you have to be honest with who it is that you're looking to transact with. Um, I have a weekly newsletter that I send out that is only for men. My archetype about this newsletter is that it was only written, it's only written for men. Does that mean that women can't read it? No. It means that my identifiable audience for this newsletter is just for men. And I, I identified that, and that was okay. So we're almost done, and then we're going to do some QA. Um and can I can go back and reframe or restructure any of the, the pieces if you have questions about them. But a quick social media strategy, this is a question that I get a lot. Um, And maybe to take a step back while this is on the screen, the four pillars of brand producer are on the bottom of, of the screen. They're authenticity, consistency, humanization, and intentionality. And let me break down real quick what those mean as I get into this social media strategy. Authenticity is understanding your uniqueness and then living that out day after day after day after day, being as authentic as you can authenticity is a w- weird word weird word because you can be authentically inauthentic <laughs> you can be purposefully inauthentic you can you can believe that you are the gimmick so authenticity really is a weird word and it takes some some work internally i think to to align with and identify okay i'm getting close to feeling like this is the true me Um, and, And as you uncover that true me, that's the one that I want you to start bringing to the surface. Consistency is just using that same messaging, being yourself over and over and over and over and over. Humanization is as you create messaging and content, create it for the human. Don't create it with your industry bias. Don't create it with your jargon. Don't create it with words that people may or may not understand. Use really normal common words that everybody can understand And for the people who are interested in understanding, they'll go learn from your website or your social or some other platform some of the more confusing, convoluted industry-specific terms that that may be used about your product or service. But I would absolutely lead with the simplistic, um, most humanized version of, of how to explain what it is you do and how to explain your benefit to them, not simply your features. And then intentionality is being really clear about what platforms you're going to advertise on, and market on, and be present on, and use your valuable resource of time to get your business out there. If you run, uh, if you're an online coach and you run online courses, sending out a mailer is probably a terrible waste of your money and a very unintentional way to market something that is strictly captured online. Um, and that's just one of probably 10 million examples that I could come up with, but. Be very intentional about where you're sending people to or where you're sending messaging and how you're you're doing that so that people will want to interact. So here's your social media strategy. Use Instagram. Um, Facebook is great. It's very, very challenging unless you've been a consistent user for a long time. Um, There are other platforms that can be helpful based on your industry. And I'm not great at all of the platforms, then that's full confession is that I'm not great at all the platforms. I have a Twitter, don't use it. Have a TikTok, don't use it. Have a Facebook, don't use it. (laughs) I use Instagram primarily to to share content and to bring messaging um, and share products. So in your feed, on your posts, two to four days a week, your primary messaging, uh, family, kids, pets, and that's just something that is personal to you that shows that you are emotionally connected to something other than just your business, Uh, your favorite hobby. So if you like to play, if you like to go bowling or play disc golf or play basketball or paint or any of those things, every once in a while, add in some of those hobbies. Let people see and connect to who you are as a human. And then at the bottom, I have something debaucherous. That's mostly for fun. So if you like to be out with your friends, um, and, and have a good time and, and, or go into the woods and, you know, if you like to go hunting and whatever it is that you like to do something that's a little bit aggressive for, um, for people that's not family and hobbies and the really nice things. And you don't have to push people's buttons. I'm kind of generally a button pusher. Um, but you don't have to be, you just have to, you know, uniquely be yourself. So those are the things, the categories that I would post in no food, nobody cares about food on your feed anymore, not since 2015 at least. Um, And then your Instagram stories do four to 10 per day if you can. And they're anything you want. Music you want to share, quotes you want to share, sharing other people's content, um, running stories where you're actually sharing messaging. um, And food, you can always post food on your story if you need to post it somewhere else. Uh, Reels, Reels can be a really fun way to get information out there in kind of a kitschy uh, sort of experience. I don't use reels in kind of the traditional sense where you have a song or there's a a particular beat that you do everything to. Um, A lot of times what I'll do is I'll do four Instagram stories in a row and then I'll bundle them and make them a reel and I create reels that way. But reels, there's no limit, like do as many as you can. If you could do five a day, do five a day Um, because it's algorithmically at this particular moment, very relevant. Um, Lives go live once a week. Who cares? The first thing that people tell me is, I hate going live. I don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable. I don't look good. The camera sucks. The lighting sucks. My voice sucks. My face sucks. Everything sucks. Nobody likes going live. I get it. But just do it. And here's why. Because all of the things that you're telling yourself people don't like, they don't actually care about. The only person that cares is you. The only person who thinks your voice is funny is you. The only person who thinks that your face looks funny on camera is you. So if you can rationalize the fact that you beat yourself up about things that other people aren't paying attention to, it can free you up to be more accessible to your audience. And I think, not think, I have experience in lives being a really great way to do that. IGTV, what IGTV is really great for, for me right now is I go live about once a week. Uh, sometimes twice a week, and then I just archive that onto my IGTV. So it goes live, IGTV, Instagram story, sometimes it ends up on my feed as well. Um, And so there's one piece of content that I can use four different ways. That's another really important thing to use to think through about your brain messaging, is how can I do this one thing and share it in multiple places where it has a compounding effect. So there's a quick social media strategy. My gift to you from the brand producer to you.